0: Life Audio. Christ of Christmas, and why did he come? We know at this time of year that we call Christmas. We celebrate, at least generally, the birth of Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, being born so many years ago in a manger. This is part of what we, at least in the West, celebrate culturally, as well as religiously. We know this is what Christmas is about, but really, who is this Jesus? And why did he have to come? Is Christmas simply a cultural celebration, something you do because this is where you were raised and this is how you were raised to celebrate? Or is there more to it? Who is Jesus? If we understand who Jesus is and why Jesus came, that will change this holiday for us. We're going to jump into that in just a moment. Hello and welcome to the Marcher Die show today. Very glad to have you joining me and I'm excited to jump into today's content. This is uh, really a great time of year and we are getting ready to come into uh, the Christmas holiday. We're already celebrating. Perhaps you're not quite there. Uh, my wife and I were talking the other day and she mentioned that Christmas is almost here. Hard to believe. Maybe you're not celebrating yet. Maybe you are dreading it. But as we come into the next several days and get into the weekend and celebrate Christmas, I'm excited to share with you a few thoughts on who Jesus really is. What better time to be reminded about who Jesus is and why he came than at this time of year where we celebrate just that. Before we jump into our content today, though, I do want to remind you, if you're not yet subscribed to the show, please subscribe. Take some time right now. Go ahead and subscribe That would be fantastic. That will let you know when this show is pushed out every single week. Uh, Maybe this is a podcast that you listen to regularly, but you just remember to listen to it. Maybe you remember because you follow me on social media and you see advertisements, you see reminders. A better way is to be subscribed, so please take some time to subscribe. That would be awesome. And then share this content out with others. Uh, There is no better way to support what we're doing here than to share this content out with others. That would be fantastic. Here on the March or Die show, and if you listen to this show regularly, you know this, we talk about principles for moving forward. How do we move forward in our lives when it would be easier to stay where we are and die? How do we continue to move forward? So many interesting principles, so many areas that we can look at and focus on and talk about. And we must, because all of us are different and all of us deal with different things and all of us are uh, confronted with obstacles that are unique to our situation. But all of us have those times where we no longer want to move on. And for many people, it is the holiday season where they are confronted with their past, they're confronted with their present circumstance, they're confronted with a new year on the horizon. And they look at what's happening, they look at what has happened and what potentially will, and they conclude, It's no longer worth it. They just give up. Perhaps it's not the holidays that get people down, but life in general tends to throw up those traumas and those trials, those difficulties and those obstacles. And even though we know it would be better for us to march, it's easier for us to stay where we are and die. What we call that, in one word, is hopeless. Hopelessness really is looking to the future and concluding rightly or wrongly but concluding that it will never get better than this that there's nothing out there that our present circumstance is as good as it will ever get and so there's no reason to push forward there's no reason to keep going i was uh, looking back at some old instagram and social media uh, posts that i had posted last year I was looking at those this year. I try to get ideas, of course, from what I did before and sometimes try not to duplicate what I did before. But I saw a post that I pushed out last year and it simply said, Hope is spelled Emmanuel. That word, Emmanuel, it means God with us. It is a name that was given to Jesus in prophecy. God would leave heaven, He'd come to earth, and He would be with us. And it is because of that birth and His life, and more importantly, the death and the resurrection, that we have hope. You see, it is in understanding who Christ is, the Christ of Christmas, and understanding why He came, that we can have hope. So when we're confronted with those obstacles, when we're confronted with those trials, when we're confronted with those uh, difficulties that want to push us back and keep us from moving forward, we can have hope. And why can we have hope concretely? Why do we have hope? (laughs) Not that hope so kind of hope, not the close your eyes and and just trust that somehow it's going to work out kind of hope, but real hope, uh, something we can hang on to. Why do we have hope? Because of the Christ of Christmas. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Again, prophetically, the Bible tells us that Jesus would come, uh, that he would be born as a child, That he would struggle in his life. The government, the Bible says, would be upon his shoulder, but he would be called by us Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. How important that is. The Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. There's so much to be said about Jesus, but we need to begin. And at this Christmas time, I want you to have hope, but I want you to have hope based in understanding. So let's begin with the reason he came. Why did Jesus come? I think in the busyness of the season, it's easy for us to overlook that important question. (laughs) In fact, many of us get so wrapped up in the holiday aspect of Christmas that we never even think to ask why it was that he came and why it is that we need to celebrate. Why did he come? Now, I'm going to read a lot of verses today. I, I don't always do that. But I'm going to read a lot of verses because I'm less interested in anyone knowing what I think than truly knowing what the Bible says. The Bible is the Word of God, and we're told that it is in the Word of God that truth is found. God's Word is truth, and that truth sets us free. It's anchoring what we believe in the truth of the Word of God. So I want to give you what the Bible says about Jesus. This is important. Why did he come? Why did Jesus come? Psalm 14 and verse 2. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. The Old Testament psalmist wrote those words. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men, that's us, to see if there were any, any that did understand and seek God. Verse 3, the conclusion was that they are all gone aside, they are all together become filthy, there is none that doeth good, no, not one. The New Testament book of Romans, chapter 3, and verse 10 says it this way As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. <laughs> That as it is written goes back to Psalm 14 and verse 2 uh, that we just read. But there is none righteous, no, not one. Well, what does that mean? Romans 3 and verse 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Because there is none righteous, because there is none that seeks after God, we have all sinned. Sin is what? It's missing the mark. What does that mean? It means that God is perfect. He is perfection. And the best that we can offer misses the mark of that perfection. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. What that means in a very uh, simple term is that we cannot have a relationship with God because of our sin. God loves us, but he cannot have a relationship with sin. And therefore, we come short of his glory. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Boy, that death. We'll continue reading this passage. Uh, But because of sin, there is death. What is that death? It is an eternal separation from God. Verse 13, for until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many those verses Romans 512 through uh, 15 they, they really sum this situation up <laughs> they answer the question why did Jesus come you see when Adam sinned as the first man he sinned on our behalf. Now we may not think that's fair, we may not think that's right, but Adam is what is known as the federal father. He is uh, the father of the human race. He represented all of us. And so when he sinned, that sin entering into uh, his own line was passed down then from generation to generation, to you and to me. The Bible tells us that because of that sin, there is death. Verse 15, but as... Uh, But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. You see, Jesus Christ came because we were dead in our sin. There is no hope in our sin. I said we would have a message of hope today. (laughs) That message of hope begins with understanding that without Christ, we are hopeless. That because of our sin, we have no hope. But Jesus came, a gift given to us by the grace of God, so that we could have our sin eternally forgiven he came to forgive sin you see we ask the question who benefits from the coming the birth the life and the death of jesus christ the answer is anyone who will accept the gift of salvation the forgiveness of sins that he freely offers i, I love these verses so much hope in these verses john three sixteen: for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life whosoever believeth in him what a truth second peter chapter 3 and verse 9 the lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness but is long suffering to usward not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. Uh, The Bible there helps us to understand that God made a promise that He doesn't want anyone to perish, to be separated eternally by sin in death, but He wants everyone to come to repentance, to a place where they acknowledge their sin, where they turn from themselves and turn to the Savior. Romans 10 and verse 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall Be saved. Saved from what? Saved from our sin. Saved from a future and eternity separated from God. Saved. What a wonderful, wonderful truth. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You may find yourself in a hopeless situation today. You may find yourself in a situation that is hopeless because of sin and brokenness. All of us... Start there. But the Bible is very clear that if you will accept the gift of salvation, if you'll cry out to God and accept what Jesus Christ did on the cross for you as sufficient for the payment of your sin, you will be eternally forgiven. What hope is found in that truth? Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. This is a well-known verse, uh, but I love it. It sums up God's attitude toward us. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Jesus came to set you and I free from the bondage, the brokenness, and the hopelessness of sin. That's why He came. So when we celebrate at Christmas the coming of Jesus Christ, uh, we'll talk about who He is, but we need to know why He came. And when we celebrate, we ask the question, why do we celebrate? Why is this so important? Because had He not come and lived and died and rose again, we would be without hope. We then ask the question, who is Jesus? That's a very important question. And it makes the first question possible when we talk about why he came. Not just anyone could forgive our sins, it required Jesus because of who he is. And we're going to talk about who Jesus is in just a second. Who is Jesus? I could give you a lot of my own commentary on who Jesus is, but the Bible says so much about this. I'm not going to pretend, as I talk to you today, that understanding the deity of Jesus Christ is a simple matter. In fact, intellectually, it can be difficult to understand. It is a question that is answered largely by faith, as we understand what the Bible says to us. But if we... Say we believe the Bible and we say that we hold on to a biblical worldview, that is, we view the world from the lens of Scripture, we look at what it says and we take it at face value, then we should not be confused with those who say that Jesus was less than God. Or maybe he was a God, but he was not God. Uh, Maybe he is or was a deity, but he was not more than that. The Bible is very clear that Jesus is God. Let me read some verses to you, and again, this is an area that you have to be solid on. I'll give you some verses, I'll read them to you, but you need to take some time to look at these verses, because this is so important. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1. There are a lot of places we could go to look at what is known as the deity of Jesus Christ, the fact that he is God. But I like going to Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1 and working down through verse number 8. The Bible says, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last times spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things. Okay, so let's get what's being said here. Hebrews starts off by saying God, that is a big G, God, God the Creator who at sundry times and diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. (laughs) So, God, who spoke, we'll say in the Old Testament, through prophets, hath in these days, in fact, the Bible says these last days, spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things. That phrase, heir of all things, it means he is over everything. But the next phrase in verse number two is this, by whom also... He made the worlds. We're going to look at a a few other verses, but this is uh, such a critical thing to understand. By whom also he made the worlds. There are many who would try to convince us that Jesus is not God, or that he is God simply by the fact that he is the Son of God. The, The phrasing here is so important. By whom also he made the worlds. So the Bible here says that God, that is God the Father, speaking of God the Son, calls him the creator. (laughs) Now if we go back to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, the Bible says in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Here in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1, it says that that same God, speaking of his Son, says that it was through his Son that the world was made. Verse 3, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of His power, when He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the Majesty on high. So speaking of Jesus, just so you're tracking with me, speaking of Jesus, the Bible says that God referred to Him as the one who made the worlds and who paid the price for our sin. Verse number four, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. So he's not an angel. (laughs) For unto which of the angels said he at any time, this is verse number five, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee, and again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, and let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels he saith, Who maketh his angels spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire. But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. God, the Father, referring to God, the Son, refers to him as, O oh, God. That again is a big G, O oh, God. And he says that his throne is forever and ever. Now, I'm not going to try to explain the Trinity to you or what is known as the hypostatic union. (laughs) The fact that Jesus in the flesh was and is all God. He today sits at the right hand of the throne of the Father. I can't explain how all of that works, but I can tell you that's what the Bible says. That Jesus, who we celebrate at Christmas, Jesus, who was born in a manger, Jesus, who lived a perfect, sinless life, is and was God. Now, why is this important? It's important because only perfection, only one without sin, could fulfill the requirement, could pay the price for sin. You see, if a human or someone other than God had died in our place on the cross, there would not have been the fulfillment needed, the payment of sin needed for us to be eternally forgiven. It is only through the death of the perfect Son of God, God in the flesh, that we could be forgiven. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 17. Jesus was being baptized, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Luke nine and verse thirty five, and there came a voice out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, hear him. He is the Son of God in human flesh, and this is important as well. Hebrews chapter four and verse fifteen, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Jesus was in human flesh. He came and lived and died a perfect life, but a life that was not without temptation, that was not without difficulty, that was not without trial. So when we pray to God, we're praying to one who understands what it is to live and walk on this earth. It's so important that we are able to take our burdens and our trials and our difficulties and our darkness, our hurt and even at times our hopelessness to a God that understands. And not understands in the intellectual (laughs) or learned aspect. It's not because he read a book or because even he's the creator and he knows that's how it works. It is because he lived it. He understands. And yet he did all of that without sin, and this is what makes Jesus, of course, different. Isaiah chapter seven and verse fourteen. Therefore the Lord shall Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive, and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. That is God with us. He was perfect born that way his mother certainly a human mother had not had intercourse with a man this was not the offspring of a man and a woman this was the offspring the bible says of the holy spirit of god luke chapter 1 and verse 31 and behold this is the angel speaking to mary thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth the son and shall call his name jesus And he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this thing be, seeing I know not a man? the passage goes on, and the angel explains that the Holy Spirit of God would bring that child. Jesus lived and died in human flesh, But he rose again because he's God and he lived an entirely sinless life. Romans chapter 5 and verse 15. We read this verse earlier. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. What a great truth. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. This is the Christmas story. Perhaps you'll read this around a Christmas tree or on Christmas Eve, you'll hear it read at a Christmas service at your church, Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost, then Joseph, her husband being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately, but while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which, being interpreted, is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Who is Jesus? Who is the Christ of Christmas? Well, he's God. He was God in the flesh but he lived a sinless life and was able to forgive sin. I'm going to read another passage to you. It's a little bit lengthy, but it's so great. (laughs) Luke chapter 5, beginning in verse 17, and it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and the power of the Lord was present to heal them and behold men brought in a man uh, brought in a bed of a man which was taken with a palsy and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him and when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus And when he saw their faith he said unto them man thy sins are forgiven thee and the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said unto them, What, uh, what reason ye in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk? But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins, he said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, Take up thy couch, go into thy house. (laughs) And immediately he rose up before them and took up uh, that whereon he lay and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed. And they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. (laughs) I love that passage. It's a great story. I could spend a whole episode just talking about that story. But a man who couldn't walk was dropped at the feet of Jesus by his friends. And Jesus, instead of healing him, said, Your sins are forgiven. Isn't that interesting? You see, the real need was a need for spiritual salvation, for the forgiveness of sins, for a spiritual healing, not a physical healing. And those looking on said, Who can forgive sin but God? And Jesus healed the man physically, told him to get up and walk out. So that those watching would understand he was indeed God and he could indeed forgive sin. John chapter 14 and verse 6 Jesus, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. What a wonderful, wonderful truth. Who is the Christ of Christmas? He's God. (laughs) God in the flesh with the power to forgive the sin of a sinful creation. Why did He come? He he came because He loves us and wants to have a relationship with us. He came to forgive our sin. He came because we needed Him to. I say this often, perhaps you've heard me say it, at Christmas time we don't celebrate the birth of a baby. We don't celebrate a baby in a manger. We celebrate the fact that God left heaven because He loved us. He came to earth and was born because He loves us. He lived perfect and sinless, died in our place on the cross because He loves us, and rose again from the dead, defeating sin and defeating death, so that we could have our sin forgiven and be assured of an eternal home in heaven and a relationship with Him Because He's God. (laughs) There is so much to celebrate at Christmas. A lot of good things going on this week. A lot of good things going on into the weekend. But don't forget. In fact, stop to remember and remind others why we celebrate who Jesus is and why He came. Take some time as you come into The next couple of days and maybe you'll have more down minutes go over to lifeaudio.com you can check out some great podcasts there a lot of christmas podcasts this week as you can imagine and we are going to get into a full lineup going into the new year but uh, go and check that out and please take some time to think on these things you can be encouraged you can be helped you can be uh, infused with hope if you understand and embrace what this time of year actually means Life can be difficult, I understand that. Certainly you can find yourself at times where it would be easier to stay where you are and die. But the best choice, now and always, is to put one foot in front of the other and march. Thank you, I look forward to talking to you next time. This, this is my Skyship Dreamer. My cargo is stories and our destination, dreams. With Abide Sleep Stories for Kids, you can help your children fall asleep fast and learn about God. To find these kids' bedtime stories, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Stories for Kids. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.